one moment. We're just going to finish setting things up, make sure that we're not distracted. And we are going to begin with Siyat Rishmaya. Okay, so here in Eretz Yisrael, as many of you know, it is already... It is already Chodesh Adar, which is the most amazing thing in the world that we made it here. And Mishenichnas Adar, Marbim Besimcha, as everybody knows, when Adar comes in, Marbim Besimcha, immediately there's an increase in joy. On a simple level, it means Marbim Besimcha, that we increase our joy in these times. On a deeper level, it means that marbim, everything in the way of bracha, everything in the way of parnasa, everything in the way of refuah, anything that a person is yearning for, marbim, that we need reboy, that we need things to be increased in our lives. All the good things, Be'ez HaShem, should be marbim dafka besimcha. And so Mishanichnas Adar, we're already able to tap into the spirit of marbim, to be marbim, everything good, besimcha, due to the joy that we have in this special month. And uh, maybe even on, on, on a deepest level, this terminology of marbin besimcha, which means that when Adar comes, we increase in joy, only goes to be able to demonstrate to us what the status quo is the rest of the year, right? If in Adar marbin besimcha, we increase our joy, and in Av mimatim besimcha, we decrease our joy, but the status quo of a Jew is simcha. That's what the tzaddikim say. It's either a question of marbin besimcha or mimatim besimcha, but the status quo is always simcha, is always joy, and what is the simcha of Adar? We could talk about a thousand years, but just one remez to bring us into it, and we're going to learn Be'ez Hashem, a piece from the Sfas Emes, on the Indian of Purim and the deepest, deepest message of Purim. There are so many, but one of the core ideas, Be'ez Hashem, we're going to study together tonight. But Adar, in and of its very word, contains two different parts. There's the part of Aleph, the letter Aleph, and then Dar, which means to dwell. Aleph in the Svarmak Tavishim is always a hint and a reference to the Aluf Aishal Oilam. Aluf means a chief, to the chief of the world, the master of the world is Aluf Aishal Oilam, the chief of the world, so to speak. And Dar, of course, means to dwell. And so in this month, Aleph Dar, Adar is that the master of the world, the Alufa Shal Olam Dar, he comes and dwells within our homes. He comes and dwells within the relationship that we have with others, the Matanasla of Yoinim, and in certain situations, Adarabah, to be safe, right? And, and, to, and to maintain the distance, to, to be able to protect people. That's also the Indian of, of HaKadosh Baruch was Dar, Shechina, Shur, Beinehem, Dafka, sometimes in the separations that are necessary, the master of the world also, that's a vessel for him to dwell. But Aleph Dar in all of the Avoidas that we're going to do, the Dalar Mitzvahs of the Yaim, of, of, of Shtiya, of drinking, of Mikra Megillah, of Mataraslav Yaim, of Mishlachmanas, all of these Mitzvahs create vessels for the Aleph, for the Alufa Shalom, for the Master of the World, to Dar, to dwell, to be able to open our hearts through this incredible Chag and through this incredibly deep Yantiv and this incredibly deep month to be able once more to open just a little bit deeper that chamber that we have inside of our hearts for the Master of the World to come and dwell with us, and there's no simcha greater than that. That's Mishanichnas Adar, Marbim, everything in life becomes more vibrant, becomes more real, becomes more exciting when we know that we're living life on a mission. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who sent us here dwells within us, he's with us, he's together with us all the time, pumping us with the energy that we need to carry out our shlicha. So I bless us all, Be'ezer Hashem, that we should be able to tap into all of these ideas, the Marbim Simcha, the status quo of simcha the rest of the year, and just on a simple level, to be able 
possible to be marba. Everything, everything, everything should bring more joy into our life, all connected to the concept of Aleph Dar, of the Alufa Shalalim that comes to dwell within our hearts and souls. And uh, we want to thank the sponsors for this year. One of which is anonymous and just as a schus for Am Yisrael, Be'ez Hashem, it should also be a schus for him and for his family, Be'ez Hashem, and a lot of clarity and a lot of simcha and a lot of Yishev Adas, Be'ez Hashem. And, uh, and, and one of the sponsorships is Lili Nishmas. He writes, all of my ancestors, including Yaakov Ben Max, Leib Abbas Beryl, Freyd Abbas Yaakov, Yit Abbas Yaakov, all of these neshama should have an aliyah and as a schus for a shidduch, for all the singles of, of Klal Yisrael, for himself included, and a schus for Rufu Shlema, for Kol Chayli Am Yisrael, a schus for the continuous to all of these things and as a schus for Klai Yisrael to merit Mashiach through the teachings of the Baal Shem HaKadosh Chus Yagun Amen, Amen, Amen. We appreciate the support and um, let's begin. Be'ezer Hashem. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen so we can all see the sources together and uh, and let's dive into these teachings with the help of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Master of the World who's present, who's here with us, Aleph Dar who's in this experience of sitting down Jews from all over the world to connect to Lima Torah B'Kedusha. What a privilege. What a schus. Okay, so let's dive into the Me'ashi to the Holy Ishbitzer, and he presents a very different take on the Indian of Nasev and Nishma than that which we learned last week. If you remember, just a refresher, last week's Parashashir, which was Wednesday, now Baruch Hashem, we started the course, and uh, that's Sunday and, and Wednesday nights, so we moved the Parashashir to Thursday. But... Last week we discussed Alderach Remez, what Nasev Nishma means in the life of a Jew. What is Nasev Nishma in my own experience? This aspect of Nasev to go ahead and we learn to push forth even when we don't have that experience of really understanding, of Bina, of, 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 of a cognitive illumination. But when things are dark and we don't have clarity and we don't have feeling, Nasev, push through, keep on pushing. And then Nishma, ultimately we're going to experience that incredible place of Nishma, of uh, of, of, of an unbelievable illumination and all of that Shas Aliyah, which we talked in the context of Rabbi Nachman's Mashal of Shulchan Eirech, as opposed to the Murr that we have to go through sometimes in life, to hang out and to push forth and, 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 to, and to get through it. And so here the Meyashilach says something a little bit a little bit different. It's not really, the truth is not really different. It's another layer, it's another level of that. And so let's dive into it because Nasev and Ishma is also found in, uh, in, in Parshish Mishpatim. Vayikach Sefer Abris, the Pasuk says, Vayikra Ba'aznei Am, and Moshe Rabbeinu tells over, reads the Torah to Am Yisrael, and Vayoyimru, they say together, Kol Asher Dibar Hashem, Nase Venishma, whatever HaKadosh Baruch was telling us, Nase Venishma. And this, if, you, if we'll remember, was the aspect that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Mi Gila Razel who revealed this secret to my children, Shemalachi Likim Meshtam Shimbai, and we learned in the context of the Torah from the Ma'arinayim that me, is Gila Razelabana, the question of me to ask who is my life force? Who is the source of my life? Who's giving me energy? And to remind ourselves that's Hashem, that's going to give us the ability to get through the Nasa, to get through even the mindless activity just to push through, which we'll see more in the Sasemis tonight, in the second piece, which is really a Purim Torah, but I want to sort of tie it together with Siyat because Purim is also very connected, obviously, with Kabbalah Satayr, we're going to learn about. But what gives us that ability to push through the Nasa is the aspect of me, 
to always ask ourselves, well, who am I? We're learning this a lot in the course, really to re-get in touch, to re-identify ourselves by our deepest core essence, that, the, that at our core we are holy, that's the first principle of the, of the lost princess principles. And once we get there, once we really re-identify with that inner holiness, me, that's Gila Razelabana, that's the deepest secret in the world, and then we're able to push forth and we're able to push through. Okay, says the what was this that Am Yisrael first said, Nasa and then Nishma? Listen to something so deep. Mama, so deep. So deep. He says, The truth is that all of these activities that we engage with in trying to embody the Torah ideal, Sur Meira, Asitai, 613 mitzvahs, 248 assays, 365 lois assays, the whole deal, the human mind does not penetrate to the depth, to the deepest depth of the kavana of the mitzvahs. Even if we're Zohar to study Primis HaTorah, that's our whole Indian, that's what we try to do every week in Hasidus and Kabbalah, and, and, and all the deeper, you know, the inner dimension, which is the title of this series, to try to delve deeply under the surface, even then, but there's still always necessarily going to be a level beyond that. In the Sichas around Shiram on Tuesday nights, we're talking a lot about, and we've spoken a lot about, the concept of Tachlis Hayedia Asher Loineida, that the pinnacle of knowledge and that the truth sadik's das is defined by this, that it's a never-ending cycle of hasagas, deeper perceptions, deeper perceptions. And the depth of perception is always going to be defined at the end of one level of perception by the awareness that I still don't know anything, that I'm, that I'm always still going deeper and deeper and deeper, further and further, wider and wider. And the more I go into this expanse, the more I realize like I'm able to peek beyond the next curve and see, whoa, this, this road is even further, goes even further than I thought. And then you get to the next road and you peek around the corner and it's even further, right? Or as you walk into the expanse, you see how much that expanse continues to widen and widen and widen and widen. So does, does the tzaddik, who in a certain way knows that he knows less than everyone else, does he know less than everyone else? Of course not. He knows far more than everybody else, right? But this knowledge is defined by his awareness of how little he truly knows and therefore the the biggest tzaddik is the most humble tzaddik. And that humility does not negate his awareness of his greatness, right? He knows how much he knows, but that knowledge brings him always to the awareness of how little he knows, and it's a never-ending cycle to, uh, to proceed into that awareness. And that's what he says over here is that the tachlis, bottom line, at the end of all of the das that we're going to amass and how much depth we're gonna, going to be able to reveal beyond each and every detail of halacha, that's really, you know, it's so funny. Many people... Many people, for some reason, set up like a more Hasidish approach to Yiddishkeit versus a more Litvish approach or a non-Hasidish approach to Yiddishkeit as the, as the distinction between Hasidus and like Halacha. Like somehow, if you're involved in Hasidus, so you must, you know, it's, it's just you're going to obscure the Halachic points or you don't care so much about the details and it's all about Hashem's love and so on and so forth. And there may be some truth to that, certainly, because there are extremes and fringes of every movement and there's going to be negative wherever you want to look. Obviously, if you, if you search for it, it depends what, 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 what lenses and what glasses you're wearing and what you're really looking for. But the truth is, is that if we're engaging in Hasidus in a balanced, healthy way, in a normal way, in the proper way, 
in the way in which it was embodied by the tzaddikim who were trying to learn from, not just what they say, because, because what they say can be interpreted in a thousand ways, but how they lived, mamash, how they lived, then we're going to realize that the more we learn the depth of Torah, the more we're connected to Agada, the more we're compelled to keep every sifkatan in Shulchan Arach, and the more we gain interest in the Gemara once we learn what Gemara is. Right and what and what for for the for the guys over here some of the women are learning Gemara also today but for the guys predominantly it's a struggle sometimes to learn Gemara right um, and it's dry and it's technical and we say where's the godliness where's the ha'ara you know I want I want to light Hanukkah neiris the whole my whole life you know like what what's this Indian that I have to sit and 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 go through the details that we're learning Pesachim now go through the details of what is Bedikas Chametz what does the Pnei Yeshua hold what does the the Tzitzur mean the parrots hold and the Ran and the Rush what like what what is that all where's godliness there but really what once you understand what the Torah is in all of its facets and all of its aspects, and then all of the mitzvahs that we do that's founded on these details of details, so Mimela, it gives us so much more excitement and it gives us so much more interest to really start to really learn these things because we realize that the depth of Agada is to be found underneath the hood of every single detail and details of the Torah. I give a few shiurim of this uh, based on Rav Kook's Oras Torah. They're found on SoundCloud, but that series really focused on this. For any of the like all of us who are having a hard time learning that aspect of Torah once we're so drawn to Hasidus and Panimis Torah. Many of us heard that clip from Usher Weiss that LPI sent out last week where he said we shouldn't feel guilty at all and particularly Adarabba guilty. But this is our generation, right? We're the, we're, the, we're the generation of Panimis. We're the generation of the inside people, the moon people, the people that are feeling, the people that are searching for the lost princess, for that lost spirit of connection. So for us, of course, we're going to be drawn to that aspect. But one need not negate the other. And on the contrary, the more that a person is engaged in the study of Panemius, the more we're going to be attracted to the fine points of halacha. And that's a very important thing. We have to keep a balance. It's one of the values of LPI is to try to keep that balance between halacha and agada and to be right in that healthy center that's vibrating with passion, but at the same time doesn't deviate one ounce of one, one, one you know, theological ounce and certainly practical ounce from the Shulchan Aruch. So that's an important thing. But be that as it may, the more we learn the depth of Torah, the more we we realize we don't really know anything. We can never penetrate to the deepest depth of what each detail of Allah is. Listen to this words. If a person were to really understand the ultimate, ultimate depth of a mitzvah, amazing thing. If you really understood and you really were able to tap into the omek hakavana, to the intention that one is supposed to be having when engaged with a mitzvah, then your kavana would be so complete that the, that the action would be pointless. And here what he's really coming to ask is, is a very fundamental question. It's dealt with by the name of the Melech, or Tzadik, or the Talmud of, of the Ishbitzer, and of Ishbitz Bechlal, but... Many of the tzaddik can talk about this question, and it's a uniquely Hasidic question because, again, it's founded in the premise that kavana is the ikr, also one of the principles we're going to learn with the chevra, or anybody who has the book that's reading through it or read this story and understands a little bit of the depth, understands that when the king 
When, when Rabbi Nachman tells us in the story, and I hope that you all read it, it's mamish, you know, free, it's accessible on the website for anybody, you know, without buying the book, but it's just there. It's such an important story to read. Rabbi Nachman was made. He gave testimony that anybody who hears the story has some sort of hirachuva deep down inside. So who wouldn't want to take that up? You know, it's uh, you don't have to fast for a thousand years. You could just read a little story. It's it's the easiest thing and the sweetest thing, the most beautiful and interesting, fascinating thing. But when the king says, Rabbi Nachman says that the king loved spending time with the daughter and the daughter we're going to learn is Kavana. So that means that the king had six sons. We're going to learn Be'ez Hashem about what that means next week for those who in the course. But Rabbi Nachman tells us that even though the king has six sons, but what he cares the most about is the Kavana. And Chazal really tell us this, Rachmana Liba Boy, that the master of the world desires the heart. The whole world is, 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 is standing on the Tamid. Everything, everything relies on the Bechina of Tefillah, Muna, all of these heart feelings. That's what God really wants. Now, if that's so, and this is a question, again, that's really, it's, it's asked, but it's sort of an unasked question that's answered in various ways. If that's so, and you take a look at the Naim and the Melech, Parshas Chayisara has an amazing mahalach with this, mamish amazing. But if that is so, that kavana is so important, so why do we need to do practical mitzvahs? Why can't a person just sit and have all of the kavana, the deep, deep kavanas, the intentions that all the mitzvahs are supposed to bring us to or serve as vessels for, and we, we don't have to do any mitzvah. We don't have to do any mitzvah masit, which is one of the mahalchim of how the avos were mekayim the Torah, that really the avos didn't do the actual action. That doesn't mean that Yitzchak Avinu wore tefillin shal yad and tefillin shal reish, but it means that he was zochet to the hasagos of the deeper kavanas of these mitzvahs. And that's what, that's what, uh, what, that's what it means that he was mekayim the mitzvahs. And that's what some tzaddikim say. If you look at Tanya, for example, the Baal Tanya also deals with this, why we have to do mitzvahs, maisiyas, dafka. But here the man Shiloh is dealing with this question and the answer he gives is unbelievable. I Meaning it's an implied answer. The answer the, Baal, the, the, the man Shiloh gives here is, an, is a phenomenal thing. And he says that you're right. You're right. If a person were to be able to be masig, to attain the full extent of kavana of mitzvahs, then you're right, Rahman Aliba boy, the Iker is the Kavana, and he wouldn't need to do the action because the action would be redundant because the only reason that we have the action is to serve as a vessel for the Kavana, either to awaken the Kavana inside of us, etc., etc. But if a person has the Kavana to the infinite extent, to the ultimate extent, so then he wouldn't need it. Says the Meashilov, you know why we need to do mitzvahs maizias? Because the truth is that the omek kavana of mitzvahs is impossible to attain. The ultimate depth, the ultimate meaning, the ultimate import of mitzvahs is absolutely impossible for a person to attain. And that is hinted to us or intimated to us in this that there's a chiyav to keep the mitzvahs. Amazing thing. Because the truth is, again, that if we were to be able to attain the extent of Kavanah Samitzvahs, we would not need to do the actual mitzvahs. Because Rahmana li babay, and the Iker is the Kavanah, that's the Iker. That's the Iker. Says the Ishbitzer, in this that the Torah is Mechayim, even the biggest Gadol and Mekubal and Sadik and the Arizal and, and uh, that all the Shvil and the Raki are open up to them. That Arizal could know the deepest sodas of tefillin that there is possible to reveal, that he reveals, you know, all the sodas and the mitzvahs, but he still needs to put on tefillin. Why? What does that tell us? 
that tells us that even the Arizal, that even the Rajbi, that even Moshe Rabbeinu was not able in this lifetime to attain, and even the next lifetime, it's infinite. That is Olam Haba. Olam Haba is connected to the Bechina of Bina. Bina is his bone in us. That's what Olam Haba is. Rabbi Nachman in Torah, in, 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 in Torah Beis, in Tinyan, in the second Chela, tells us Olam Haba is just to receive the Das of Hashem, and it's never ending. And it goes on and on and on and on because God is infinite. And so knowing Him is infinite, and intimacy with Him is infinite, infinite levels. So even these Sadiqim are going to need to do mitzvahs maisiyas because that tells us that it is impossible for these Sadiqim to ever attain the fullest extent. That's what that's what Chiv mitzvahs for all Jews tells us. Crazy, amazing thing. Mamash, an amazing thing. And we'll read it inside again. Therefore, that even the biggest tzaddik and the biggest makubal is not able to attain this infinite, ultimate level of understanding. So that's why you need to still have that bachin of a maisa. Sha'al yadam, that through the Maisa, yigmar omek ha'or balev ha'adam, asha'av shaloy midaitoy, nikba achar kach boy kedusha. That the action sort of seals in that holiness that is unable to be attained on a knowledge level, on a das level, but in the Maisa it's there. Because the Maisa creates, the action creates a vessel for everything. The Kavana is the Kavana. The kavana that I have in my mind is limited to what I know. But what do you know about what you're supposed to be doing? Well, I know the depth of the action. That in a deeper level, and this is such a pella, the Ishvitzer is the deepest of the deep. He has short little pieces, but each piece is, is ada omek. Ada omek. Not like long drushim. Mostly short little pieces, but you have to really work on them. We might spend a long time on this. So let's, let's work this through together. That at, that at the deepest level of kavana is the under the hood of the Maisa. Now, if I understood the depth of what the Maisa is supposed to imply to me and what is hinted to and what, when it comes down to this world, becomes an actual action, then Mamela, I, then, then I don't need to do the action. But because the kavana is necessarily incomplete, then again, I need the action. And in this approach, the action comes out to be deeper than the kavana. This is, an, uh, this is a very big paradigm shift. Oftentimes, we view the Misa as being the lower part and the Kavana as being the higher part, right? That's, that's often the way that we think about it. The Kavana is the Bechina of Lev, and that's the fire, that's the Neshama. And the, and the, and the Misa is just the Guf, it's just the body. And so you need to put the two together because a body needs a soul, but what's more important, the body or the soul? The body is there to serve the soul. The soul is not there to serve the body. Comes the Meashilach and he turns that whole thing on its head. And the Meashilach tells us in this setup, in this arrangement, that the truth is that it's the opposite. That it comes out that because Kavana is going to ultimately necessarily be limited, then in the light of that fact, the Misa that we are all obligated to take turns out to be a vessel for that which is even deeper than Kavana. That which is even deeper than Kavana. So it turns out in this setup that the truth is not true. The truth is we always think that the soul is more, empower, more powerful and more important than the body. But in a certain way, it's not true. In a certain way, the Jewish body is so much invested with the root of our soul 
That in a certain way, the body is even holier than the soul. In a certain way, the body is able to tap into deeper spiritual perceptions than the soul itself. Without getting into the whole sugya now, but Ishbitz in general is a very controversial Hasidus, or it was historically controversial. The Svarim were burned by Misnagdim and Hasidim alike. The Me'ashiloach Svarim. And the controversy largely revolves around the uniquely Ishbitzer focus on the concept of Avera Lishma, of how a tzaddik who reaches a level of ultimate birur, that's an Ishbitzer word, clarification, which means that he gets the ego completely out of the way, says the tzaddik. The Ishbitzer writes that if a tzaddik is able to get to this point where he's completely mivurar legamri, where he wipes out all ego, all ulterior, ulterior motives completely, such a person, if he has a tendency or he has an urge, a yetzahara, what to somebody else would be a yetzahara, because it's trying to get him to transgress, a clear halach and shulchan arach, says the Meashiloach, to such a person, it turns out that that urge is coming from a holy place because he doesn't have a yetzahara anymore. He completely reached complete total birur. Mamela, if he has a draw for it, must be that that's really what Hashem's omek ratzon is for him in this moment and that it overrides what HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expressed desire is in Shulchan Aruch or in the Torah and he's able in that moment to follow that yetzahara because it's not really a yetzahara and it's really a yetzer tov. Okay, now, you could, he, he, I have a list, as I learned through Meshulach, I mark down all the different tires that talk about this Indian. There's not one parsha that doesn't mention this in some form, in some way. And this piece is also talking about that in a deep, hidden way. But Mamash, I have a list, uh, my Meshulach here, the first volume, hundreds of places throughout Meshulach where he talks about this, hundreds of places. And there are those already that did studies in academia, they did studies on Ishbit, where, where basically they, they, they demonstrate this thread that goes through all of his teachings. And it's a very deep, and a, and, 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 a, and a very lofty sort of perception, but we can understand why they, this would be controversial, right? Because who's going to give Eidos on himself that he reached a place of complete beer? How easy is it for a person to say, yeah, no, I don't have a Yitzhahara anymore. And then the Yitzhahara, that's really, we think is the Yitzhahara, no, but it's really the Yitzhahara. And that's certainly not what Hashem wants you to do. And also, obviously, the Nefesh is very clear that after the Torah was given on our Sinai, there's no longer such a thing as Aver Lashma. It was only before Amat and Torah. Okay, so it's a Big conversation. It's a huge sugya. We can't get into it now. But at the root of the Ishbitzer's concept, and this is a, a paradox and a paradigm shift and a, a totally different way of looking at, at things, the Ishbitzer's approach is that in a certain way, the body can be holier than the soul in a certain way. That the body can be privy to things that the soul is not privy to. And this shows up, again, in the Ishbitzer concept of Avera Lishma, of having a Yetzer Hara, having a lowly, bodily, physical urge that to somebody else, that would be selfish. And that Sadik in Ishbitz, is able to reach a place of a shikal adas to say, oh my gosh, if my body is telling me something and I don't have a body, meaning because I've already gotten that out of the way, then it must be that my body is tapping into the omek and Hashem that's even deeper than the Torah that my soul knows or that my soul has learned. Amazing. Mamash, an amazing thing. That the Yetzer Hara, in a certain way, is able to override the Yetzer Tov that's rooted in the Neshama. Here we see an expression of that. It's very subtle. It's very hidden. But what the Ishbitzer is really telling us here is that the action, the body, right, in mitzvahs, is in a certain way holier than the, than the, than the kavana.
Because the kavana is limited. But it's the guf, it's the maisa mitzvah that becomes a vessel for everything. For everything. In an amazing, amazing way. I hope that's clear because that's important to put these two things together. That's an amazing thing. Lachain, therefore, he says, right? And, and, and that's, we already read that line. We'll just repeat it. That's why, because we cannot access the deepest, deepest extent of our kavana. Therefore, we have to do the avoida. We have to do pu'ulas. So that, that holiness that's going to always transcend the soul's perception can be baked into the body that in a deepest, deepest paradoxical way is even holier than the soul in a certain crazy way. Because the lower down the physicality, the higher the spiritual light that is shining in an attempt or, in, or, or that grants it the ability to reach down to that lowly place, right? That if you have a pit, and we spoke about this at length in Lakutamar and Shir, and uh, two years ago was the world of Chabur, or the world of Breast of Chabur, when we talked about Torah Yud, wait, this is the whole Torah Yud in Lakutamaran, which is a which is a Purim Torah. It's all, all, all on this idea, right? That if you have a very shallow little bucket, you don't need such a big light to illuminate it, just a little match, right? But if you have a huge, deep mine, right, or a pit, you need to have floodlights in order to reach down there. And so in a certain way, the body specifically because of its distance from Kedusha, when it's illuminated, Gevalt is it illuminated, right? And that's part of this idea. So it becomes a vessel for the highest, for Mamish the highest. Okay? And that's what the, uh, that's what the, 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 the Ishbitzer is telling us over here. That's why by Matan Torah, Am Yisrael first said, Nase, we're in. What's Nase? Nase is the goof. Nase is the Maisa. We said we're in it. We're, we're, we're just going to do the mice. We're just going to do the action. Not because, and this is so important. This is so, so important. Again, I want to take a step back. It's possible to suggest and from a very litfish point of view, again, not to put labels, but just from a not Hasidish point of view, it's very possible to see Nasa Benishma as sort of an anti-Hasidic sentiment, Right? Because the Torah seemingly is telling us that what do you need to understand the depth of mitzvahs for? Just naseh, naseh. First thing is do it. Just learn pshat. Don't, don't touch remez until you're, uh, you're 99 and a half years old and you already learned all of shas and poiskim and you have it down pat, which nobody does, right? And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then you can open up a, you know, a tanya or a lukutimran. But no, 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 it's not for now. And, you know, when, when you know, Hashem, v'chule, 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 all these tainas that are... Easily, easily challenged, but we'll get we'll get to that at a different time, Bezer Hashem, and we get to that in the book. So Bezer Hashem, in chapter fifteen, you'll read all of these uh, all of these you know points and counterpoints to the, the benefit and the possible uh, damage or the possible uh, 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 harm of learning Pnimi Satora and what that conversation looks like. But it's very possible to see Nasev and Ishma as really telling us that right that the premise of the Torah is Nasev first, just do it, which is just the basic action, and then Nishma. Then in a, in, a, in, a, in a further a lifetime somewhere, you know, in, in, in seven decades, then you're going to be able to open up the Zohar Kaddish. You'll be very old. You have a long white beard. And then you'll be holy enough or you'll be learned enough or advanced enough to be able to learn these things. That's what Nasev and Ishma could tell us. Here the Ishbitzer takes Nasev and Ishma and he turns it around in the most remarkable way. Yes, 
The Meashiloach tells us that Am Yisrael Bivadai said Naseh, not simply with all the Torahs we learned last week, Naseh to get through the difficult time, the Chulei. No, 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 no. They said Naseh in reference to the Maisah Mitzvah Levad, without Kavana. Yes, that's true. But you know why they said Naseh first? Because so committed were they to the Panemius of the Mitzvahs, that they understood that their nishma, which they intended to do, and not in seven generations now, was necessarily going to be limited to the point that it was the Misa that was going to reveal the deepest, deepest omek of what it was that they intended to delve into when they said nishma. You understand what's happening here? It's unbelievable. Nasa, they said, and it's difficult when I don't see faces, I don't know Bechlal if you're like, it's very hard to give a shir when, you know, whatever, everybody's, you know, I don't want to put pressure on anybody, chas v'shalom, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's challenging, Baruch Hashem, but, um, but, but, because I, I don't see reactions, you know, to so much of a shir is, is uh, you know, and being in person also is, is a whole different world, but, but, um, but, but he's saying something amazing, his mom is saying something amazing. That Am Yisrael was talking about the Maisa HaMitzvah Levad, without Kavana. But in doing so, they were, Beskasya, on a hidden level, they were Mamish talking about Kalkulay Kavana. Kalkulay Tzod, Agada, the under the hood of all the Remez. Just they wanted to express the extent of that. So first they said Nasa because we realized that the goof is holier than the Neshama and that the secrets that are, that are packed into a holy physicality is even higher than the secrets packed into a holy spirituality. Nasa the Nishma, it's an amazing tire, it's an amazing thing. Four lines from the Ishbitzer and it blows your mind. Mamish blows your mind, it's like Mamish heavy drugs, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly, mind blown. Mamish, it's heavy drugs, Ishbitz. Oh my gosh, it's so deep. We could talk about this for a very long time. And, 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 and I hope that we will. And I hope that we'll all think about this for a very long time. There's a lot to work through here. It's, it's like five lines, but it's, it's, it changes everything. Mama changes everything. That's what they intended. But not because they intended that the most important thing is to just do mitzvahs mindlessly. No, of course not. Of course not. Lo yalala das. The main thing is the princess. Of course not. Nobody would have suggested such a thing. Nobody. And they all quote it from the Nefesh HaChaim, as if the Nefesh HaChaim says that a person should do mitzvahs you know, without any kavan. Nope. Anybody who quotes the Nefesh HaChaim as saying that never learned Nefesh HaChaim for one minute. Maybe they learned something from Shar Dalit, you know, which talks about Lima Torah as the Iker. There, there are three other Sha'arim in Nefesh HaChaim. Nobody touches. In the yeshivas, they don't learn that. Only the fourth Shar, because that's a safe space, you know, that talks about Lima Torah, that, that they're comfortable with. But the first Shar that talks about Godless Adam or Pinimius Adam, the second shah that talks about Tfilo, which Bakhlav don't focus on, and the third shah that speaks about Hashem, Yudkevavke, Hamakom, the deepest, deepest omen. And again and again and again and again, the Nevzachaim tells us, of course, Lechatchila. Who would suggest such a thing? Nasa without any Nishma? Nobody. Says the Meashiloach, even though it says Nasa and Nishma will be here, that is not what they mean. Even though, again, they were intending for the Maisa Mitzvah Levad. They were intending for Guf alone, Guf HaMitzvah. But beyond the surface, they were intending for the deepest, deepest Omek Hasod. They can only be attained through the Maisa Mitzvah Levad. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give them the ability to understand. 
And he says, Kamo Av, this can be given like a mushal of a father. That goes on a trip on a tiyul with his little son. And they mamish encounter this beautiful, wonderful treasure. I don't know, they, you know they, they, they're walking outside and they see just a bunch of hundred dollar bills, you know, just floating along the ground. And snowbody is in the middle of nowhere. They don't know where it came from, but you know, just you start grabbing, you know. So a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, he doesn't understand. His son doesn't understand what's the value. It's a couple of pieces of paper that are floating, you know. He doesn't understand yet the value of money. But the father does. And so he tells his son, just grab as much as you can. The kid doesn't understand. Like, what's so important over here to grab all these funny pieces of paper with some face on it? What's the, what's the Indian? Vishalas Aviv. And the father and the son says, you know, okay, a little bit older, you know, he asks his father, like, what's, uh, you know, my high? What's the point here? And the father answers, listen to me, Maher, just grab it, grab it, grab whatever you can. Once we get home, you understand? Once we get home, I'll explain to you what this is about, but right now, just grab, grab. Not because there's no reason for why we're grabbing. I cannot tell you how important this is. I'm I'm only realizing now as I'm speaking how important this is. Not because there's no reason. Not because the father says, Stam, I don't know, just grab them. Makes no difference why, just grab them. No, of course the father knows the reason. And of course he wants his son to understand the reason, of course. But the father says, the more money we have, the more my reason is going to be able to come across to be able to really let you know the value of the money that we gathered. So if you grab $5 or if you grab $10, so how impactful will it be for me to describe to you what we can buy with that money, for example? Of course, money's valuable. I'll be able to explain it to you. But my son, the more you grab, the more, and, and, and right now it's not about the reason. Right now just grab. But of course it's for the reason. You understand? Of course, the more you grab quantitatively in a sense of just externality, then Be'ezra Hashem, he says, when we get back home, I'm going to be able to reveal to you the reason. Of course, the Icar is the reason. The Icar is only ever the reason. This is totally mind-blowing and totally valuable in the deepest, deepest way. Ah, it's so deep. It's mamish so deep. It's like, it's so deep. It's so deep. To what they succeeded in accomplishing. Master of the world, you've lifted us to this, to this bracha of your ma'adim. And here we come, into the time of a moed of Adar, which we began this year with. Here we come into Mishinichnas Adam Arba Mesimcha and to Purim into a moed. And this is going to take us into the Sfas. MS, that when it comes time for Purim, the master of the world is shining down a spiritual illumination that's way beyond our mind's ability to grasp. Way beyond. Way beyond. They're not able to understand. Our minds are not able to grasp what Purim is. What Purim is. 
Gilui of the highest spiritual levels. We, no hasaga. No hasaga. Purim is the highest day of the year. That Yom Kippur is called Yom HaKippurim. And the Gemara and Tainus tells us, Mi nitla bimi, kata nitla begadal. Right? When you want to compare one thing to another and you want to demonstrate the greatness of this thing, so you say, you don't say, you know, uh, you know, gavat, like, um, you know, the Cadillac drove so wonderfully that it almost drove like a, like a, like a Honda Odyssey. You know, right? That's not, you don't, that's not the comparison you make. You say that the Odyssey drives so smooth. It drives like a Cadillac, right? Or whatever it is. It's the same thing. Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. The way that we try to describe the greatness of Yom Kippur is by comparing it to Purim. Do you understand? Yom Kippur. Keser. Yom Kippur is the highest day of the year. Like Malachim, angels, complete kapara, wiped away. And Purim is even deeper than that. Purim is even deeper than that. Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. That the small thing is compared to the big thing. So there's a great light shining in the Mayed. The Acharkach. Bichol Eiz. I'm sorry, I skipped a line. They're not able to understand the depth. So we ask the master of the world, listen, we don't say, let us understand the depth of your Yontiv. No, we don't do that because there's no time. There's no time. If a person's going to want to understand how breathing works, so you understand that, that, you know, it's not before he breathes. It doesn't work that way. Breathe. Breathe. And then you'll understand. And the more you breathe, hopefully, the more you're going to be able. Maybe Hashem, we should breathe until, you know, 120, a ripe old age, happily and healthily, particularly now in the people that are having trouble breathing. Maybe Hashem, Hashem should strengthen them in the most amazing way. But we're going, to, we're going to be able to understand what breathing is only by virtue of the premise of the fact that we're doing so and the fact that we're breathing in the first place. And so we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu not give us the understanding of Yantiv, the deep mystical soul. Does that mean again that we hold there's no mystical intention of Purim? Of course not. Of course that's the Iker. Of course the mitzvahs have infinite depth. But the main thing is in the moment is to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lift me up. Bring me into your yantiv. Allow me to fulfill every mitzvah on the basic, basic level. Each and every halacha bishlemas with all the chumras bishlemas. Now, even though on the outside a person looks at such a person, he says, "Wow, such a such a simple, you know, he's just engaging Yiddishkeit in a way of nigla. You know, he's so interested in the halacha. It's like, come on, guy. You know, what are you learning, Mishnah? You know, Mishnah Brewer the whole day for maybe crack open a Likutimran or a Tanya or something like that. But a Jew like this." The whole reason that he's learning halacha is because he's trying to tap into a soul that's even deeper than what's going to be brought on the svar. Now, of course, one doesn't, cannot negate the other. The nishma and the nase go together, go together, always go together. But the first thing is, is nase, tamu, uru, kitoy vashem. It's the same thing. Nase, v'nishma, taste and then see. Because in a certain way, even though, yes, the kavana is important, but in a certain crazy paradoxical way, the doing is a vessel for that which is even greater than the kavana. The body is in a certain way, even holier than the soul. The Yetzirah, in a certain way, is able to override in certain situations, at least in the school of Ishbit, the Yetzirah in a crazy, crazy way. And so that's what we beg of HaKadosh Baruch Then we'll have a lot of time to really learn about it, to think about it. But the main thing is, how do I make vessels for that which is beyond whatever I'll learn? 
And not because we're simple Jews. Well, hopefully we should be simple Jews, but not because we are satisfied. And that's the ikker. Not because we are satisfied with engaging in Yiddishkeit in a basic, simple way. No, we're not. We are not satisfied with that. And we are not just going to go by the checklist Judaism and be okay with that and be satisfied with that and give that over to our children as if that's the ikker. That's not the ikker. The ikker is Havana. The ikker is Kavana. The ikker is emotion. The ikker is a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's the ikker, unequivocally, unapologetically. That's the main thing, and that I feel is not being given over in our schools enough. And that's why the whole Lost Princess Initiative is focused with the course and the book and the story. And everything we're trying to do is to raise awareness of this because I don't feel, and many of us don't feel, and haven't had the experience that this Nakuda was hammered home deeply enough. And we're unapologetic about that. That's the Iker. Throughout Chazal we find this, throughout Pesukim we find this, and everything, anything else, any other approach that negates this, is a siluf and an evos, is a, is a corruption of Yiddishkeit, a corruption. But at the same token, by the same time, and not despite that, but because of that, it's us that we're plugged into this kind of ashkafa, that we need to care even more about halacha than the so-called purely halachic Jews. You understand an amazing thing? The balance between the two and the non-stira and on the contrary, how one and the other are one mamish, one unified. Unbelievable. So then it will become That's why over here, Am Yisrael said Nasa before Nishma. Yes, Nasa was talking about the simple avoida. Nasa was talking about just doing it. But doing it because of the nishma, because we realize that the vessel of simple halachic observance, but really, really, really to learn halacha, without learning halacha, we, we don't know what to do, b'chalal. so really very important, right? is the world of bina. Bina is Havana's understanding, right? And he's a ben Olam haba, but it's only through the vessels of the halacha that we're learning. So we gotta learn, and we gotta we gotta really try to uh, you know to, to to think of that very very deeply, and to and to make those vessels for the purpose of then being able to create those vessels and have access to something that's even deeper than what we would have been able to learn in this far. Just to do it, just to you know go not go through the motions, but to learn the halachas and to really be in it, you know, in the base basic physical action, just to do whatever it is that is in our ability to do. And this piece is like, I'm telling you, we literally, we could talk about this, the implications of this are so, so broad and so deep, and it's just such an amazing thing. So with the last couple of minutes, I just want to jump into this Vasem as quickly, and, uh, and it's related to this, it's related to this. And hopefully this is going to bring us into Purim. This is Vasem is actually on Purim. It's not on Parshas Mishpatim. I mean, it also talks about Nasev and Nishma and what that was by Purim, uh, by, by Har Sinai, and what that expression of Nasev and Nishma, when, when the Pasuk says, Kimu v'kiblu ha-Yehudim, and the Gemara tells us in Megillah, Kimu mashikiblu kfar, right, that they re-accepted the Torah and all the Svarim Amarach, what was the distinction between the Kabbalah Satorah of Shavuos and the Kabbalah Satorah of Purim. One was Yira, one was Ava. Okay, we're going to get into that now. But Kimu v'kiblu, 
is, says the Svasemes, a mirroring of Nasev and Nishma. Kimu means just to do. Kiblu means Gevalt. We accept it into the deepest part of ourselves. The same thing. Just like we had Nasev and Nishma by Purim, uh, I'm sorry, by, by Shvuiz, by Matan Taira, Kabbalah Satira, so too we have Kimu Kiblu by Purim, and these two things are, are a, a reflection of one another. Says the Svasemes, and hopefully this won't take too long, and let's dive in. With Taisvis Hukshu, the the Taisvis and Mesach Shabbos ask, famous question, Ha'ikdimu Nasev and Nishma. Why did Am Yisrael need to re-accept the Torah by, uh, by, by Ahasuerus if they had already said Nasev Anish? Like, what, what's a re-acceptance, right? They already said we're going to do and we're going to listen. They accepted upon themselves. What's, what's Hadr Kiblua Bimei Ahasuerus that in the days of Ahasuerus they re-accepted upon themselves? Avol Nireh, listen to this. Avol Nireh appears, and this is also so deep. What a privilege to be able to learn these teachings with you, Mamish. Thank you. Each and every one of you for joining me. Listen to this. Hashem saw or foresaw that Am Yisrael are going to end up sinning. That Am Yisrael, it's, a, it's the wildest thing in the world. That after Matan Torah, Pel Dabra, that we spoke to Hakadosh Baruch Hu face to face, we don't even know what that means. And then Mamish, like five minutes later, we're serving idols. Like how, how does that happen, right? And the Svarim Amarich, the Rishonim Amarich, right? And, and at length to really understand what. Was it? If you look at Meshach Chachma, something very, very deep there, Meshach Chachma, but all the Svarim, Rav Nassin in, in, in Likud Halachas, Birch Zapeiris talks about it, the Archaim HaKadosh, the Ranban, everybody has, you know, a, a Shita and a, and a Svar and a Mahalach and how that happened. And, and it's important to know all of them, you know, because they're all true and But Hashem saw that this was going to happen, the Medrash says. And when they did that, they lost the Nase. They lost that aspect of Nase that they said Nase of Nishma, and then they went ahead and they did what they did, and it was a disaster, as the Medrash tells us. Listen to this. Through this, that Am Yisrael, when they received the Torah, prefaced their acceptance with these words. Or with this word nasa, we're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to do, even if we don't understand, even when it's not easy, even when it's hard, even when we don't want to. This ties back into the Mari 9 from last week. Even when things are tough, to still be there, still show up, hang out until Mara is finished and the Shulchan Aruch begins, etc. Zachu Everybody knows that by Matan Torah, Kodesh Baruch lifted up the mountain. And held it over the head of Am Yisrael, which the Chiddush and the other Tzadikim say, and Rabbi Nachman also refers to this, or the Ma'ari Naim actually says this, that it was mamish like a chuppah, you know, Hashem held the mountain over our head like a wedding canopy, not in this fearsome way, in a beautiful way. But we know that, that, that Hashem held the mountain over our head, and the Medrash records, or the Gemara records these words that Hashem said, if you receive the Torah, great, so you're going to have this, your, your burial will be under this mountain. Even that, there's a lot of deeper understandings to it. We don't have time to go into it now. Says the Tzvah it was a zuchus. It was a merit that they merited that. That a Kodesh Baruch Hu, so to speak, forced us into receiving the Torah, even though we had already said Nasa. In the zuchus of Am Yisrael, having already stepped into that mindset and that acceptance of Nasa, we're in it, we're going to do it, makes no difference what, makes no difference if we understand, if not, they were then zoche to the aspect of Kafalem har kegigis. 
that the mountain is held over their head. What does this mean? Pirish says this vas emes. Shenita lahem a Torah ba'al karcha that the Torah was given to them against their will v'lachain. Therefore, in the merit, not even in the merit, but because the giving of the Torah is founded on a premise of of, of being forced or on a premise of naseh, and because they said naseh, that they were zochah for Hashem to force them into it. Even though it seems harsh and it seems difficult to understand, like what, what's, what's that about? But because the Torah came about in that way to Am Yisrael, because the Torah was given in such a way where it was beyond our control, that tells us that the Torah is rooted deeply within our neshama that comes from beyond the place of Bechira. And this ties into what the Ishbizar says. We don't have time now to go into the omic of how these pieces connect in the deepest way. But I'm sure, you know, if you think about it deeply, you'll see how the mamish they connect. We talked about how the Ishbizar says that it's Sadiq can reach a level where there's ki'ilu no bechira, right? Ki'ilu, he's forced. Ki'ilu, he's compelled. Ki'ilu, the body is taking him into such a place to do an Aveira, and it's not an Aveira for him. V'chule. This that Am Yisrael received the Torah against their will, was exactly what enabled us to survive the Chayta Egel. Because in giving us the Torah in this way, you know what HaKadosh Baruch was telling Am Yisrael? It's very sweet you make choices. And sometimes you make a choice to receive the Torah. Sometimes you make a choice not to receive the Torah. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Chavra, your relationship with the Torah is completely transcendent of your own consciousness, of your own perception of identity. This goes back into the Chavra who are reading the book, who read chapter one, and to us in the course that we spent an hour and a half last night, going through this sugya but and you remember what I told you for the Hebrew in the course, that this is the, the layer of snow, you remember, that everything else is going to be able to be processed through these ideas we're learning. This is it. Any piece of Hasidus you learn, if you know the 25 principles that we're learning, basically is going to be able to find its place where it fits what's its connect, what it's connected to. And here we see that, Mamish, already. Open up the next piece you learn the Hasidus is, is this Nakuda Mamish, right? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is forcing the Torah onto us to tell us that it goes beyond what our mind is able to grasp. What's good for us, what's not good for us, what, 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 what we think our identity is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I forced you into it because you are essentially forced into it because you are the Torah and the Torah is you, so you don't have the, the, the freedom to break away even though you think you're breaking away. Because there's no freedom of choice with regard to your connection to the Torah because it's your essence. And your freedom of choice is founded in the conception of your own personality and your personality is founded upon being forced into the Torah because that is you. That is you. And anything else, like we learned last night, is a distraction. Those chavar that are reading the book, chapter one, machshav zaris. Foreign thoughts have nothing to do with you. Hashem is karov mikol karov. He's the deepest, deepest, deepest core of who we are, the deepest essence of our identity. Ayin, may ayin him lekuchim, like we learned, all these things that we learned about last night for the chavar in the course, and we read about in the book, and, and, and that all the tzaddik can tell us. And that's why it remained with them. And with this, we finish. But the truth is, says the says the Emes, Interestingly enough, even though the truth is that it was the bchina of the of the uh, the Erev Rav, which is a big sugya, big big complicated sugya, what the Erev Rav is and what they represent, and gets touchy, you know, because now everybody is just uh, pointing at anybody who disagrees with them. You're the Erev Rav. No, you're the Erev Rav. So forget it. <laughs> Once we start getting into that sort of thing, it's just it's finished. Forget about that concept, right? 
because who knows? But 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 what the Erev Rav is is a very very deep thing, and 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 on a simple level, Am Yisrael were affected by the Erev Rav, and it was them that pushed Am Yisrael. It was really them that did the the Chet Egel, not really Am Yisrael. Says the Svasemus, it was Amalek. Mamash Amalek Harasha, we talked about last night, right? Now Amalek that's connected to the Bechina of, of Asher Karcha Baderech, that cools us off along the way. Yimach Shemai. Shalulei Hu Sheirve Vespenei Yisrael Baderech. I can't, okay, I'll just be in, in full honesty. I prepared for this year about three minutes before, before going on. I didn't have anything to teach. I opened up two svarim, and, uh, and this is the year, okay? So that's just in full, full disclosure. This was not planned in any way, shape, or form. I could have picked any Torah from 10,000 Torahs that I have on my shelf of svarim. Happened to be opened up a Svazemus. I opened up a Meshilah. I said, this looks like a nice piece. This looks like a nice piece. Let's put them together. Listen to this. I mean, did you ever see a piece that's more in line with what we learned last night for the Chevra on the course and the first chapter in, in that Baderech, Baderech, these words, the same words that Rabbi Nachman used, Baderech Siparti Maisa, Shakarcha, Baderech, the Amalek that tries to get us out of this feeling of being compelled and forced into the Torah because it's our deepest essence and Amalek confuses us from Rav Kook we learned. I mean, get out of here. And by the way, just, uh, you know, for any of, of, of the Hebra on here that are not part of the Chorus, you're, you're basically part of the Chorus now. <laughs> like, it's clear that Ashkacha has it, that we should all be part of this. Mamash, we should be part of this. And of course, I mean that you should take the Chorus eventually in the next round. But listen to this. If Amalek hadn't attacked them, they wouldn't have gotten into this business in the first place. What helped them recover from Amalek? Get, it, it's just out of, out of this world. What, what helped them get out of that was the fact that the Torah was given to them in a way of being forced because that tells us that we're connected at our root. Says the That is why that Purim brought about a new acceptance of the Torah. Because what's Purim? Purim is getting rid of Amalek. What's Amalek? That Amalek tries to tell us that that's not your deepest identity. That Amalek tries to tell us that you could choose to break away from the Torah a little bit. That it's within your Bechira. But the truth is, Torah is beyond our Bechira. Ah, we came to a place. We came to a makom of eradication of Amalek represented by Haman. Memela, we're back to a Kabbalah Satorah. Memela were brought back to the place of Nasa Venishma. Nasa, we're in it. We're in it essentially. And that's the Iker. That's the Yisod. That contains, like we learned from the Izbitzer, all of the deepest Sodos in the world. And we'll get to the Nishma. But the main thing is that at the root, at the core, at the core were Jews. At the core were a Pintalayid. At the core were the essence, essence, essence of holiness. Kisei Kavod we learned about. That's why at the time of Purim, there's a resurgence of this feeling and a reacceptance of the Torah that was forced upon, the, in, upon us in order, to, in order to communicate to us the depth with which we are connected to the Torah. That's the opposite of Amalek. That Amalek was the one that caused the Chayta Ego because he confuses us with regard to who we really are. So therefore, Hadr Kiblua Shachazru Lizchus Hahakdama Shal Nase Lenishma. We return to the message powerfully contained within the expression Nase Venishma, that Nase is the aspect of being forced into the Torah. We're in it no matter what. Even when we're not feeling it, we're going to schlep through it because this is who I am at my root, at the core. This is what my deepest identity is. Sure, like we learned from the Ishbitzer, we want to understand the deepest secrets of Torah and we will and we must. And we must. 
But we know that the deepest sowed is just in the fact of being a Jew. That's the deepest sowed of all that contains infinite sodot, infinite, infinite infinite. And therefore, when we get to the Bechina, when we get to this level of Purim, of another eradication of the Amalek that caused the Cheta Egel, that the only way that we recovered from that was through Nasev and Ishmael. And merely we come to a place of Kimu, the Kiblu HaYehudim. Kimu is Nase, Kiblu is Nishma. And that's what Purim is. We come back to a place of the reacceptance of the Torah, which sits at the core, at the identity of who we are, because that's the eradication of Amalek. And that's the aspect of how to get by Amalek. And that's all wrapped up into the first sentence of the lost princess, which this whole thing is founded on the Baderech Siparti Maisa. To return to the deepest identity. And that's the way to beat the Amalek that cools us off along the Derech. That Rabbi Nachman's tale comes to save us from all of this. So, Mamish, like I feel like dancing right now. And, uh, and, and I can't even tell you what I feel like, but. Wow, just the hashkacha here is not to be believed. Is not to be believed. Anyway, Ashrenu, 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 thank you so much for joining. I apologize for the cover that aren't part of the course. There's a little bit of FOMO, I'm sure. And, you know, in a certain way, I want to I want, I want foster that because you really, Be'ezer Hashem, I really want all of Am Yisrael, really, Be'ezer Hashem, to be able to, to learn these ideas with us. And, uh, and, 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 but I think a little bit, you know, it's not so deep in, you know. So these are ideas that we're familiar with, but the hashkacha for those that are part of the course, is is almost miraculous, like the, not normal, really not normal. I har- I'll tell you even a deeper truth. When I look at a Torah to prepare it, I don't really go through the whole thing because I could sort of, Baruch Hashem, at this point, I could just look at two lines and see basically the Mahalach and okay, I could teach that, you know? I didn't, I didn't really look through this whole Svasem as I looked at it, oh, the Kablu, okay, Nasim and Ishmael, let's do it, you know? Anyway. To say more would, to, would be to take away. Ashrenu Chavra, Ashrenu, Ashrenu, thank you so, so much. I'm just going to look at the chat and see what Chavra is saying here. Yes, that's the Sfas Emes regarding Amalek. Yes, that's, that's implicit in what he's saying over here. If you'll take a look, right? That the whole Chet Egel was because of Amalek. When we wipe out Amalek, which is, which is, which is a Purim, which is Haman, that Haman comes from Amalek. So we're able then to get back to the place of Nasev Nishma being forced. Ashrenu, Ashrenu. This is, yeah, so this, you'll see the year, right? The year is... Uh, it's written over here. It's Taf Reish Lamed Zayin. Taf Reish Lamed Zayin. Bigamara Kimu Bikiblu. You can mark it down in your in your in your notes. And um, I just want to go ahead and wish you the most beautiful, wonderful Shabbos. A Chodesh Tov. Mishnechnas Adar Marb Simcha. There's no Simcha like the Simcha of Torah. There's no Simcha like the Simcha of Aleph Dar of the Master of the World's presence in our mitzvos. And Mamish Jos Chevra Ashrenu Legamri. 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 Ligamri. Thank you for being a part of it. And um, Ashreinu, we'll be in touch. Thank you for joining. I thank you so, so much for joining, Chevra, each and every one of you. All the best. Wishing you the most beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Bezer Hashem up ahead. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos.